You're listening to a podcast produced by the Design Institute of Australia, supported by Laminex. The DIA is the peak industry body for professional designers, representing Australian designers locally and internationally. We exist to help Australia's professional designers succeed in business and enjoy their working lives by collectively growing Australia's reputation as a design nation. The DIA National Office is on the lands of the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge their ownership of the land and pay respects to their elders past, present and future. Hi, I'm Renee Ballard and on behalf of the DIA, this podcast is in support of the DIA NAIDOC Week Forum, Macro Micro, Craft Culture, Loci Local. The forum is a discussion of the importance of craft within Indigenous culture and the worldwide return to the relevance of craft post-COVID an exploration on how this worldwide cultural shift might align to a deeper understanding and appreciation of Indigenous craft and how this might inform a future of Australian design direction. Today we're talking to Sasha Tichkoski, who is the co-founder of Koskala, an innovative and inspiring Australian furniture, design and lifestyle brand. Committed to an exceptional design, manufacturing in Australia, protecting our environment and championing social enterprise. Sasha studied law and worked as the National Communications Manager for the Australian Stock Exchange before starting Koskala with her partner Russell in 2000. Together they have created a successful furniture and design business, winning prestigious design prizes and attracting clients such as Apple, Google and Australia's leading law firms and banks. As a certified B Corporation, they have implemented an ethical agenda across all areas of business. Sasha is especially passionate about Koskala's social impact division, which supports and celebrates the work of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community art centres throughout Australia. Welcome to our podcast, Sasha. Thanks very much. Great to be here. (laughs) Awesome. So kicking off just um, of the questions we're going to cover, we'll dive first into the first theme, which is micro-macro. How do you individually approach the creative process? It's a tricky one, I think. Um, There's so many different factors that come into play. I think a lot of it is about um, listening and sort of trying to see what's going on. Um, I think from my perspective, like design is a real problem-solving, it's the problem-solving side of things, I guess, uh, of the creative side of things. So um, it's really listening and keeping an eye and an ear out for what those problems are to try and then have a look at um, what we could do and how you could use design to solve them. Brilliant. Um, Can you describe how culture is embedded in your individual design and creative perspective? Sure. So um, I guess what we wanted to do was to look at how we could work in collaboration with Um, Indigenous artists and craftspeople um, to use our sort of contemporary design skills and our marketing skills to come together to then create totally unique products. So um, the sort of idea behind those collaborations um, is, I guess, in some ways that neither of us would achieve the outcome on our own. So um, in that way, I sort of find them truly um, unique um and a true collaboration um I also I think um one of the other ways the the culture obviously comes through through the choice of materials um and the textures and things that that creates 
and the stories that those materials um, hold um, and convey. Has your approach to creative expression evolved over time? Probably yes. Like I, I think um, Coskler itself is probably more um, confident. Um, I think, you know, we started 20 years ago. Um, it was just Russell and I at the time. And I think we had a lot to prove in some ways. So we were starting um, Coskler at a time when um, the whole manufacturing industry was being offshored um, in Australia. And I think um, there probably wasn't as strong a sense of Australian design when we first started. You know, if you fast forward to today, like there's a lot of fantastic Australian designers who, um, some of whom are designing for international brands, but many are partnering with local brands. Um, some are designer makers. And I think um, there is sort of a design aesthetic that is a bit unique to Australia that I don't know if it was as established when we first started. So, yeah, I, I think there definitely has been a shift. Um, and I think, you know, some of that from our perspective is through um, practice and time. You know, you get good, better at your craft the longer you hone it, I think, usually. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think, I think there definitely has been a change and we're, we're much more confident about sort of, about who we are, I guess. Moving on to the second theme of the forum is craft and culture. Can you explain how storytelling is embedded in craft? I think that's what makes craft such a, an appealing, um, art or design form, um, so the fact that there's somebody's hands that have been involved in making that product, um, I think is something that particularly, you know, looking at what's happened this year as our worlds have shrunk <laughs> um, dramatically, um, I think there's something that is so special and kind of heartfelt when you um in kind of crafted objects because they do tell the stories of their maker in all sorts of different ways. Um, and I think that there's something really special about that that people are really yearning for now. Um, and I think that sort of transition has been happening for a little while, but it's even more um, sort of relevant now, I think. And our third theme is loci and local. Currently there's a groundswell of interest in Indigenous craft and within this an understanding and appreciation of storytelling and connection to land. How do you see this emergence weaving into contemporary Australian culture? I think um, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> um, I think, I, I, I mean, I remember doing the... Um, the March for Reconciliation across the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which was 20 years ago now, and there was a real feeling of um, excitement and joy that we were finally kind of reconciling with our past and celebrating Indigenous cultures. Sadly for me, I don't think enough has changed in that time. Like we sort of almost went backwards for quite a long time um, during certain federal government's kind of reign. Um, but I feel like there's this growing kind of finally realisation that there is so much knowledge um, and storytelling that 
adds uh, it's adds to all of our you know identities as Australians um, that it's really exciting to start to see um, Indigenous design coming through in all sorts of different areas and it's treated really respectfully um, um, and with a level of excitement and interest. Um, you know, it really is starting to filter out through a whole lot of different ways from amazing textiles and fabrics to um, you know, really being embedded into um, buildings and um, and I think we are all the richer for it by actually exploring that and by engaging with, um, you know, Australia's Indigenous people um, on that level and really sort of working together and understanding those stories and culture, you know, as far as we're permitted to. Um, and and really celebrating that. And I think um, I've never really been able to understand why Australia um, doesn't do this and why we don't realise that it's, you know, incredible that we have Australia's oldest living culture here. But we need to really make um, the most of that, particularly while a lot of the... Um, elders are still around and where yeah we have the benefit of really understanding and learning from them as well can you you know you mentioned um you started Coscola with Russell in 2000 can you talk to us about how you found the approach and um availability of indigenous uh, indigenous designers and, and crafters and artisans to fast forward to now um, yeah, it was very difficult. Even when we were first starting um, our sort of impact work, which we started 11 years ago, so for the first um, nine years of the business, like we didn't really embark on, on this idea. Um, or it was actually about the first seven years, I think, because it took us about two years to get the first idea off the ground. Um, and it was very difficult, I think, um, there was a real fear on my part as well. Like, and I think that was probably, you know, around a bit more generally that um, uh, we didn't want to suggest anything that would be seen to be culturally inappropriate. Um, but it was really hard to know what was and what wasn't. Um, and so it took a long time of kind of researching and trying to investigate and form relationships and build some trust. Um, before we um, sort of really found like our first partners to work with. Um, and in the end, it really came down to just putting forward the idea <laughs> and seeing if it was right or wrong because there was no way we were going to work that out on our own. Um, and I think now like it's incredible to see how many more collaborations there are and just how much more visible that is. And I've really loved seeing all these really strong um, Indigenous voices that I think are coming to the fore. Um, and I think that is something that's really exciting. And it's not only the older people, but there's lots of these really young, exciting designers um, that are starting to um, really get some traction and they have a really strong, proud kind of voice. And I think that's been really different from when we first started working in this space. Like you just didn't see that. 
what was the reception? Because you've had this great 20-year insight uh, window into watching this happen and being an active part of it. What's the reception like being 20 years ago to now, both Australia-wise and internationally, to the work that you guys are collaborating and um, producing? And uh, It's been um, really exciting to kind of see um, people seek out the work that we're doing um, to really want to work with us both you know, on a sort of domestic residential scale, but also with our bigger corporate clients um, where they can see that there are opportunities to partner with us and then to partner with relevant Indigenous artists and designers um, to collaborate together to give life to their things like their reconciliation action plans and to sort of embody them into their um, workspaces and in all sorts of other ideas and um, I think internationally there's still a bit of um, confusion. Like I don't know if um, because maybe in a way Australia hasn't reconciled with our past, we haven't really, we don't really acknowledge and celebrate our Indigenous culture. In some ways I think unless you're, you know, you've travelled here or you sort of have, um, really sort that out. I don't know whether it's as um, visible in a sort of a strange way. Um, but, yeah, we've definitely, I mean, some of the products we have created have been exhibited in Japan and um, elsewhere, which is exciting. Um, and, yeah, but I think there's still a lot of scope um, to to really tell, to help tell those stories and to showcase what we could do. And do you think with, you know, your prior experience with this, well, not do you think, but what do you foresee happening next? How do you see it rolling out over the next 20 years? Um, I think we'll get to a point where um, I'm hoping to see, like, more Indigenous architects and more Indigenous designers come through the universities and tertiary educational facilities and to come to the fore so that, uh, yeah, I think there'll be much more storytelling um, that are, are done by Indigenous people themselves rather than maybe through another another organisation or um, another voice. Um, and I think that will be really exciting to see. Um, like I do hope that there is more of that in the future. Um, I feel pretty excited about that possibility. I think um, that, you know, looking at, the history and looking at our experience, I think that's definitely on the cards um, and I, I find that really exciting. Um, and I think I'm hoping that we will see a lot more um, Indigenous design that's, um, you know, whether it be through collaborations or um, solo that's um, executed beautifully and done in a really respectful way. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited. I, I feel like we're really sort of on the, I feel like it, we're a bit on the cusp of sort of a, a tipping point. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sasha. Sasha will be on the forum on November the 9th um, along with everybody else and tickets are available on the GIA website. Thanks, Sasha. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast made possible by the support of Laminex. Australia's leading supplier of modern laminates, quality engineered stone, timber panelling and more. 
The Design Institute of Australia would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are gathered and all First Nations people on the land now known as Australia. The DIA respectfully recognises Elders past, present and emerging. We celebrate the innovation, creativity and ingenuity of the world's oldest continuing creative culture. <laughs>